While the elves are busy, Microsoft's been digging its heels into Skype, Windows, and a couple other things we need to talk about. Happy Friday, friends. Hopefully you had a wonderful week. It's it's a weird place on the internet right now. I just, just you know what? Just get some hot cocoa, put some marshmallows in it, sit down, enjoy yourself, look at the stars, maybe cloud, maybe, maybe some snow if you're in the northern hemisphere. A lot of us got snow uh, the past couple days. I am live from Santa's workshop where things are happening. My wife's like wrapping gifts and stuff and there's tape and there's gifts and there's other things. While you can't see it from that end, I can assure you that I'm looking at holiday cheer everywhere on this side. So hopefully you had a good week. Microsoft, I, I, as predicted, like things are slowing down in the world, in the tech world, because hey, the holidays are coming. Microsoft dropped some news this week. Kicking things off this week is that Microsoft is going to now let EU cloud customers process, process and store all that data locally. No doubt that is in response to regulations and everything going on in the EU with data sovereignty. And so now Microsoft is making that whole life cycle uh, possible inside the EU. Also, interesting because of everything else going on and sort of like the finance world, Microsoft is officially banning crypto mining on its online services unless you have specific permission to do so. This is not all that surprising. First off, capacity and, and overhead is always a challenge in the cloud world, not just Microsoft, Azure, AWS, Google, they all, Oracle, everybody, everybody, IBM, they all have these challenges and we all know the efficiency of crypto mining. And so, especially with the fact that, hey, the market's definitely going through a winter right now, and there's a lot of bad and derogatory news, Microsoft is coming out saying, just not on our cloud. So you can, you just can't do that on our cloud. And so, yeah. Uh, Microsoft also is buying 4% of the London Stock Exchange Group in a 10-year cloud deal. This gives uh, Microsoft pushing a bunch of money their way to lock up some uh, cloud deals here, and they're going to own 4% of this. And obviously, this is a big Azure and data play. And so Microsoft is just dropping about $2.8 billion uh, to make that happen. So there you go. Now, this one impacts me a little bit. Uh, Microsoft Authenticator is dropping support for the Apple Watch. Now, this, this makes sense to me because using Authenticator on the Apple Watch has honestly been a pretty bad experience. So what happens is typically like, so you go fill out your, your information on a Microsoft form or whatever, and you try to authenticate and it says, you need a 2FA. And you're like, great, because I'm secure. What had happened and what worked infrequently is that you get a notification on your watch and you'd hit approve and then it would pop up with a dialogue. Usually and they have like four different numbers, like 48, 72, 24, 12. And you'd have to pick the right one that was on the screen. Bada bing, bada boom, you're authenticated. For whatever reason, that just stopped working. Uh, you would hit approve and then it would spin you out and say, it is timed out. You got to look on your phone. And it had been that way for a while and just not working. And so Microsoft, I guess, is officially just giving up on it and saying, if you want to do it, you got to use your phone, which, as somebody pointed out to me, is actually a much better way because it's real easy to accidentally approve things on your watch. And so not having them on your wrist is maybe just a better way to go. Uh, so there you go. 2FA is still the preferred route. Do not use SMS, uh, especially for very volatile services. Now, super interesting this week is Skype is getting a lot of love, like a lot of love. First off, they, they demoed real-time translations. Now, that's not the super interesting part, but they imitate your own voice. So you could, it sounds like you are speaking Mandarin-ish. There's still that sort of 
melancholy monocle, whatever you want to describe that robotic like voice, uh, even though it is your own tones, it's still you can you can still pick it up. But still, like now you can in real time translate in your like it's fascinating technology that Microsoft is rolling into Skype. They're also rolling out the Skype a refreshed interface, which brings things you know just kind of modernizes it a bit. You remember the last time they did this was when they tried to turn Skype into Snapchat, and that didn't go over so well. I suspect this one might go over a little bit better. There is one sort of quasi downside is that the Microsoft or the MSN feed is now proud and present inside of Skype. This is the thing. It's kind of like you see it in your widget world on Windows 11. Now it's crammed into Skype. No doubt looking to get more clicks and to help generate revenue to help offset the cost of maintaining and supporting Skype. Uh, so that is all out. The, inter the interesting part about this, the interesting part is so Microsoft has teams for consumers built into Windows 11, but Skype continues to get the like, just replace the teams for consumers with Skype. Just do it. Just get, like I, I <sighs> Microsoft, what are you doing to yourself? Like you need you consolidate around something and uh, you might be better off. But I don't think this Windows 11 teams for consumer is really going to do it. So that's personal opinion. Replace it with Skype like you should have done all along. And uh, yeah, let's just keep moving. Uh, Microsoft also says the HoloLens 2 successor will need to be a meaningful update. What they're really saying is like, don't expect a HoloLens 2 update anytime soon. Realistically, they're not going to do something until it's meaningful. And that kind of makes sense when you look at the market right now. They've pretty much got it for the most part to themselves. Yes, there's the, the Facebook thing, but the high end, the, was it Quest Pro, I think is the name? Complete, if you look at the reviews, it sounds like a complete flop. Now, now the Quest 2 seems like a much better product, but the Quest Pro, uh, Microsoft is kind of floating out there by themselves. Obviously, we're expecting Apple and Google again, Google again to retry. And then we will also see Apple obviously enter that market as well. But Microsoft is staying with its enterprise chops and they're like, look, enterprise customers aren't going to be upgrading these the things they currently have unless we have something substantial. And so that kind of makes sense. Just means we're not going to be seeing a new HoloLens anytime soon. Uh, Windows 11 uh, 25267, I believe, is the last build of the year for insiders and it has rolled out now. And it will be, uh, it brings a new redesigned Windows Firewall dialogue, if that's been making you, keeping you up at night. And also new designs to the search experience, like the little search bar on the taskbar are also rolling out with that release. I believe we shouldn't be seeing anything else for the remainder of the year, unless that thing really breaks something and they need to push out an emergency update. So, uh, also happening in the world of Windows, the new, the new Windows media player is now available to users on Windows 10. So if you think you've been missing out then you can use it. I still think VLC is the superior uh, way to go. Now, super interesting this week is AWS, Microsoft, Meta, and TomTom are launching the Overture Map Foundation. Effectively, these guys are coming together and saying, like, look, let's throw our map tech together and build a an open source map, in, or I believe it's open source, or at least a foundation for collaboration on map uh, building maps effectively. Now, there's two massive notable uh, people missing, I believe, Apple and obviously Google, because they've both dumped a lot of money and they're like, we're not doing this. So now there's going to be this sort of this quorum of people or companies, I should say, putting together maps, which should hopefully bring together a nice good solution. And then you've got to go up against Apple Maps and Google Maps. So a third player entering the market with uh, a lot of substance and effort should be a good thing for consumers. Uh, the interesting thing now is that Apple Maps is honestly fine at this point. Obviously, Apple Maps done, you know, when it released, it was pretty bad shape, pretty bad shape. But nowadays, it's fine. It's, it's Google Maps is fine, too. They're within a couple percentages of, of each other of how good they are. And you really honestly, for the most time, can't tell the difference. But, uh, you know, a third player entering in, 
will be a good thing for the market in general. Also, uh, Microsoft is planning to re reportedly planning to release the Windows 11 Moment 3 update in May. I had heard that it was expected to be done in February, so May feels like it's maybe a little later than I was expecting, uh, but be on the lookout for that. Now, on to the gaming news of the week. Amazon will be publishing the next Tomb Raider game, which is super interesting. Amazon, because they've made some weary decisions related to their gaming IP and gaming te technology. Uh, it was kind of wondering like, hey, is Amazon going to give up on the gaming? No, the answer is no. Amazon is very clearly looking to go ahead with its gaming chops and try to still crack into that market. And Tomb Raider is how they're planning to do it. So good luck to them. We look into interesting to see. And then obviously there is still the Sony Microsoft, Xbox, whatever, FTC drama going on. Phil Spencer coming out and saying, look, Sony is just trying to protect itself. And by making Xbox smaller, they don't want Xbox to grow up and, and become a bigger brand. There's also been a lot of FTC drama around. Did they kind of get it wrong? They, If you like read it verbatim, it almost looks like they accidentally got it wrong. They didn't get it wrong, but not intentionally wrong sort of thing. So the, the crux of it is the FTC is like, look, when Microsoft bought Bethesda, they told the EU that they wouldn't do any like exclusives or anything like that. And Starfield and, Red, and Redfall are bucking that trend. And that's not quite exactly what the EU said. And the EU came out and said, like, look, that's not what Microsoft promised us. And the FTC is like, well, that's not what we were reading through the interpretation, blah, 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 blah. The reality is, is that the what appears to be a foundational argument for the FTC isn't really factual in the way that it was initially presented and justified for the blocking or the suing of Microsoft to block in the administrative court, not the federal court, the administrative court. So uh, the TLDR, it's not ending anytime soon. And it looks like the FTC made a flub and it's still most people, it seems to believe a uh, strategy did a nice write up about it and actually argued that, hey, this would increase competition by Microsoft being able to buy this. And so again, it still seems like most people agree that this will go through. We just got to wait through. Uh, yeah. And also there was interesting arguments came out too that I believe Microsoft wasn't allowed to defend itself before this all happened. And they rejected the idea of putting PlayStation or Call of Duty on PlayStation, uh, the PS Now. And so it's getting kind of messy getting kind of messy also if you need to buy an xbox series s they're still on sale despite the, the black friday deals there's actually better deals right now if you go to the microsoft store you can get the xbox series s for 239 dollar dues here in the u.s uh, some people are reporting that at costco you can find it for 199 so you can definitely still pick up an xbox series s for a good value and also high on life is now on game pass i need to i'm gonna want to try this i haven't i've was traveling all week so i haven't had a chance to download it yet uh, but it looks like it's going to be a decent game, and I'm already paying for Game Pass, so I might as well at least give it a shot to see how it is. All right, on to the questions of the week. Uh, here we go. Crest Pet says, hey, Brad, now that the xCloud app for Samsung TV has been released, do you see Microsoft releasing a cloud-only tier of Game Pass anytime soon? I would really like that, and I bet quite a few people would. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so because the reason why, at least up until for through today, through the time I'm recording this, Microsoft has always pitched the cloud gaming product as a feature, not a standalone product like Stadia. They've always said, look, it's just part of the deal. It's just part of the thing. And so you got to remember, they, they really got to drive some revenue here. So I, I'm not saying they won't. I agree with your logic here that, hey, a cloud only tier would make sense for somebody on a Samsung TV who doesn't have anything else. I don't see them doing that quite yet. At least they're not going to be doing it for this holiday season. I suspect that market pressures might get them to try. 
But I also, in the back of my mind, think that Microsoft is really waiting to see what happens with this Blizzard Activision deal, because then that will be the appropriate time, at least in my opinion, for them to sort of, sort of restack the deck, if you will, in terms of subscriptions and pricing and everything else. And that might be the logical time for them to do that. Oh, Len Alfred says, hi, Brad. I always look forward to hearing your podcast. Well, thanks for tuning in. I, I, I would, I would do this if only the AC unit or furnace next to me was listening, but I just, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Uh, I've got two items for you. First, am I imagining this or is there a new Outlook email client vitally important to Microsoft? So this is, if you're, I believe you're referring to the one Outlook initiative where they're getting rid of that built-in mail app and they're going to this one Outlook and it should be vitally important considering how important email is to Microsoft's just overall productivity stack. When you look at Office 365, I know Teams is the, is the current hotness, you know, for communication inside of Microsoft, but classic email, it's not going away. We still use it quite a bit at Stardock. Typically Teams is internal, email is external. If I'm not wrong, it's a progressive web app, and I believe you are correct, and I think that what happens is once they get uh, Project Monarch in the right direction, they're going to start going to do all that for all the other Microsoft applications called Microsoft 365. Ooh, interesting thought. So if I understand this correctly, right now you can go to Excel on the web and you can use that. They can effectively wrap that up as a PWA and just say, bam, there's your Excel. Part of me hopes... I. I have mixed opinions about it because the Excel desktop app, the performance, I, I don't know if it's placebo and maybe it just is, but when I use the web app, it always feels sluggish, especially when you have large, and I mean large data sets and power pivot tables and all that sort of stuff. And so I've always had just better experience with the desktop app. It does seem like a logical argument or at least potentially giving them a new SKU opportunity. And so he says, secondly, the Microsoft Duo, can you give us an update on the progress report? Is Microsoft truly trying to invest more money into the Android UI to make it similar to Windows UI? So yes, I have heard this. So I've heard that Microsoft is one, like, it's not directly, here's what I've heard. I've heard that Microsoft is trying to create a common UI across its many different platforms. So this would be Windows and Android for this specific question. And they can kind of get there. If you look at what the Windows 12 uh, or the Windows 11 Next Valley screenshot that leaked from, what was that, Ignite, where it had the floating taskbar that was rounded. That is something that they can do on Android. And they can also create a common UI experience across these different interfaces and then have a, you know, a one Windows, if you will. I don't, they're not using the term one Windows, but yes, they absolutely are trying to harmonize their UI experiences even on Android on the Duo. That is absolutely a thing that Microsoft is interested in pursuing and is obviously trying to go down that route. And then he finishes up, if that is the case, Case, then when should we expect Duo 3 and when can we expect them to finalize the interface that mimics Windows 11? Well, I don't know if they're going to mimic Windows 11. I think they're going to meet in the middle with a Windows 12. That's kind of what the tea leaves are, are laying out right now. And should we expect a Microsoft Uno? I don't I don't think we'll expect an Uno. I, I, I think I would be shocked if Microsoft was making money on the Duo. I think it's more of a, hey, we need a productivity tool in the mobile space just to say we're there. We're Microsoft, a big tech company. We got to do something. And an Uno, if you will, which I think is what many of us would expect them to call it, it just doesn't feel like it would fit the narrative of what Microsoft is doing. And not to mention Microsoft, while they're serious about these, the Duo, they're not like hardcore serious about their phone. And they would, I think it would not do them justice to try to launch a single screen device. As for when a Duo 3 is coming, uh, I believe they are working on one. I don't have a release date yet. Uh, at least I don't know of one personally. Mr. PKI, or should I say Mr. Reliable with the questions. 
He says, I know you love talking about Xbox. I do like talking about Xbox. That is a, that is a fact, Mr. PKI. So what did you think of the backlash that Xbox was pretty much missing at the recent game awards? So, yeah, I noticed, everybody notices who. Obviously, Phil Spencer was in the audience. I think a couple other Microsoft executives were in the audience. But they didn't have any big blah, big extravaganzas, really big show comings. Um, I was really hoping that we would get a lot of Starfield information at the game, at the awards. But we we in it and obviously halo wasn't there i mean for me the game awards will always have peaked when phil spencer was able to sneak out the series x announcement that was fantastic and so then they kind of set the stage like hey microsoft is gonna have a big presence at this but they just really didn't the backlash is i i don't think unjustified microsoft is the one of the larger players but there's also in the back of my mind it sits in there says like if microsoft comes out on stage and talks about how awesome they are and everything's going on while they're trying to spend 70 billion dollars would it be a bad take for them to be up on stage saying how big and impressive they are when they're actually in court arguing how teeny tiny they are? Uh, so yeah, there you go. Sydney 2K, happy holidays to you and your family. Happy holidays to you, Sydney 2K. My usual question at this time of the year, what are your highlights and lowlights in the tech world for 2022? Uh, interesting question. Well, one of the more interesting highlights actually happened was in February. The Steam Deck has just been a phenomenal device from just, you look at it from like a proof of concept. like, can you take PC-like components and just shove them all the way down and actually have a compelling experience for games new and old? Now, we've it's definitely not a new form factor. It's definitely not a first form factor, that sort of thing. Um, but I've, I find it super interesting. I've used one a few times now, and I've always come away impressed with just how well Steam has been able to do with it and what they've been able to cram in, and the price point. That price point is deliciously low for what you're actually getting. Uh, another low light in that same space, I think the Logitech G Cloud is, is going to go down, potentially down that route of being a low light, that sort of thing. It's just not really for, it's not for me. The highlights also from a business side, obviously Microsoft announcing, uh, that they're going to try to buy Activision Blizzard, which was announced in January. So that falls into that 2022 category. A low light would be the whole crypto scene. Just the whole thing. The whole thing. It's been a disaster. If only somebody could have seen this coming. Uh, it's just, it's it's been more, and people are going to be like, well, you got to give these things a chance. And it's, it's not the process of giving them a chance. It's the fraud and just straight up scams that have been coming out. Uh, and we all know where that, from the FTX, from that sort of thing. And so... That narrative is far from done. There's going to be a lot more fallout to come, I strongly believe. And then something will shake out of this. Typically, like these sort of market, uh, these market tragedies, however you wanted to define them, something comes from the ashes. And that's typically what survives because it's the most resilient. And that's what we will see uh, on the other side. I'm sure there's some other lowlights along the way. Um, another potential low light is actually the updated dashboard that Microsoft is currently trying on the Xbox. I don't like where they're headed with it. I also don't like all, they introduced widgets in Windows 11, but it's all just MSN garbage. And so, yeah. On the other flip side, they have, Windows 11 has continued to evolve for better, for worse. And that is a positive thing. The downside is that they promised one update per year. I could go, I could go on and on, on and on. I won't ramble too much. I actually am going to do. Uh, a video next week, it'll be in replace of the podcast because Christmas Eve or whatever that everybody's close Eve, I don't know why I said it's long, is uh, the next Friday. So every year I do like, hey, the, the, the junk that I bought, what was good, what was bad, just kind of an update on on the Brad stack, if you will, the Brad stack. 
What, what am I doing? Anyways, oh god. Uh, no lamb M five one five zero. Okay. What what news is there on Surface Duo? I recently picked up a refurbed Gen One on eBay. Which aside, I personally I don't. My Gen One's not around. Here. I think the Gen One is the better form factor. I know the Gen Two has a better camera. Blah blah blah. Uh, the Gen One, in my opinion, because it doesn't have the camera bump, is the better form factor. He said he picked it up for one hundred seventy five dollar dues, which just seems like a pretty good deal. Updated it to Android. 12L and it works flawlessly. I was curious about the Duo technology and I'm very impressed. I'm glad I waited. I wonder if Microsoft will continue to support it. That's the harder part. I don't know about the continued to support, but there is a dedicated, as he goes on to note, uh, diehard community out there and you might be able to just get Android updates through that. And remember, Android's open source and there's some people tinkering pretty deep in there actually trying to load Windows. Actually, I, think, I, believe, I believe Gus has actually gotten Windows on there. And so, yeah. So what are your thoughts on foldables? I think foldables have their place. I, I think, and I'm trying not to be biased, but I think, I don't, the Samsung, the difference between the Samsung and the Duo is the Samsung is a true foldable, right? It has that, that plasticky screen and it folds and they have come a long way with the Fold 4, but it still just doesn't, the, the, the feeling just reminds me of those old resistive touch screens. If you remember those things, especially if you had a TomTom back in the day, that's where probably my first experience was, or actually it's probably the Treo 700W, not the WX, the W, the one with a cheap amount of Ram still angry, but got that anyway, whatever. Um, the duo to me, I like better just because it, that hinge feels it's what micro like if micro surface is a hinge company, like they, they hinges with displays. That's what we do is what Pano should just come out and say. And then there's Rolf walks on and he's like, I make hinges for a living because they do, they make really elegant and nice hinges. I, I'd love to see what cabinetry they use in their own personal homes. Those hinges. Oh, I wonder if they weird tangent, whatever. Uh, foldables have their place. I'm not personally using a foldable because I haven't found the diehard need yet to have one where it's truly better than the single display. It does work better for productivity scenarios, especially if you have email on one and a team's open in the other, and they definitely have their place in the market. They're just not a, I don't think they're a mainstream product yet. And I'm, and I mean both the Surface Duo and the Samsung devices and any of the other foldables. Um, I think they are going to remain in a, a, niche or smaller market, but I think there is a valid and viable market that can support that type of an industry. So I hope we see a Surface Duo 3 and I hope we continue to see Microsoft evolve the platform. I hope so Sony, Samsung continues to push ahead and I think they will with a what, what we fold five next because it'll take many iterative. Remember when the initial smartphones came out, like the 700W I mentioned, it wasn't sort of everybody just swooned over to them. It was, it was a journey. It took many, many years to get the data plans, right? Remember this EVDO oh, stuff back in the day, 3G. And even before that, um, CDM, oh, yeah, all that garbage. It took many generations before things really caught on. And so maybe we're just still a little early in those generations and uh, we will find out. So there you go, my friends. That has been just the last probably normal podcast, unless Microsoft drops some news. And if anything's going to drop, it's going to be the FTC stuff. Let's just be honest. Uh, that's probably like the last normal podcast of the year because next week it's going to be even slower. And then you have that weird, awkward week between Christmas and New Year's where nothing happens. So uh, as always, my friends, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing. And we'll see you back here next week with like the Brad stack and everything else. And if not, I'll catch you all in January. Have yourselves a wonderful holiday and uh, be happy, be merry.